Good morning, everyone. Good evening to everyone listening in America and welcome to everyone else from across the world. Welcome back to A Conversation with Kez. I'm your host, Tony Lontis, and my co-host is the gorgeous Kez Wickham St. George. Now, just a reminder, if you're listening live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitch, we have Payo ready and waiting online to take your comments and forward links to anything that we talk about today. Now, as you know, each week, Kez joins me to co-host the show, and we like to talk to amazing authors with wonderful stories about their books and their publishing journey, and today's guest is no different. Please welcome to the show today's guest, Lee Hurl, who is a non-fiction memoir writer, someone close to my heart. Now, Meg Hart wrote this real story to give Rose a voice so the rest of us can hear her truth, to get a story into the world so her pain can heal others, and most of all, to open those important conversations that lead to positive change. Published through KMD Books, whose mission is to share powerful stories, Carbon Under Pressure is Meg Hart's first book being launched on the 5th of November 2021. It's based on real events that happened to Rose. Rose's short story, rather, is shocking, riveting and unforgettable. What happened to Rose could happen to anyone. Rose cannot speak out under her real name due to the laws that forbid public disclosure of certain information in her story. And uh, the and just as the Australian of the Year, Grace Tame, has had a similar experience, she faced three choices. Stay silent, tell a lesser story, or share the raw, real events of her life in a new way. And when that's when she found Meg Hart. The team at Meg Hart believed you can only heal as individuals and as a society when silence is broken and the truth can be shared without fear. Carbon Under Pressure is the uh, first of many projects that the team at Meg Hart plan to bring to life and share with the world. Real stories are the most important stories we tell and the world needs to hear them. Good morning, Meg. Good morning, Kez. Welcome Good to morning. the show. Hello. Thank you. How are you going, Meg? Now... I'm well, thank you. It's so good to be here. Now, Meg, your uh, company is Meg Hart, but your name is Lee. You want us to use Lee today, correct? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Fantastic. Lee, I'm actually going to hand over the show to Kez today. My wonderful co-host, Kez, is more than experienced enough to lead the discussion today. I'll remain in the background, but Kez will be the driver today. She has amazing insight into this story in particular. Um, over to you, girls. Have a wonderful show, and I'll be back at the end to make sure we keep to time. Thanks, Tony. Right, Tony. Thank you. Well, it's just you and I today, Lee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like a little personal discussion between us. So, yeah, this, that's what's going to be. It's just going to be a little personal discussion between us. Now, yeah. I have um, recently talked to your publisher, and she's absolutely thrilled by the way the book is looking, by the way the book is going. And it's going many, many places. But it's um, it's a fairly new published book, isn't it? Yes, it is. When, it when is it actually launched? Launches Friday. Yes, Friday, which is exciting. Yeah, so what are you going to do about that? How's it going to be launched into the world? So we're doing a virtual launch on Friday evening Australia time, so which is 8pm Sydney, Melbourne time, 7pm Queensland time and 5pm Perth time, mm -hmm. So, which is really, yeah, it'll be great. So we're right. looking I had down 8pm. I must, I must rearrange that time because I, I saw 8pm and thought, hang on, that's, that's not Perth time, so <laughs> I, I must because I want to join in. 
Um, and then you do all these time, yeah. Different <laughs> oh, it's crazy, isn't it? Why can't we just yeah. move be all one time? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, Lee, what was the driving force for you writing this book? The driving force was really to bring out these real and raw stories to help people break their silence and in order to heal. So, and then also sharing those stories to help them, to support them, to share these stories so they can encourage and inspire others to break their silence as well. Okay. And do you think, do you think um, this book will do that? I believe it will because I, I think Rose, it's unique in that Rose has written it where she really reveals her raw self and the trauma her family faces throughout it and what's going on in her head, um, where things that she went wrong with and things like that. So I think everyone will be able to find something in there that really relates to them or moves them and the feedback we've got so far has just been incredible people have just been one they couldn't put it down and Mm. two they've been so touched by it Mm. yeah I've read the book um yeah it was I don't know if I can go on it was it it did touch some raw places in me I mean everybody I think every woman that is in their 40s and 50s have had moments that it's mm. been maybe bullied or abused in some way. And uh, whether we carry that with us and through our lives, what do you think about that? I think we do. And it's incredible, like when you read Rose's story, you realise that our childhood shapes us and sets us up really for what we go through as an adult and what we bring into our lives or attract into our lives and it's really um, interesting to read and see Rose go through that process and talk about it and understand how impact like your childhood impacts your adulthood greatly that's right it's just what we talked about yeah Yeah. it's um it's amazing how we we batten it down inside us, isn't it? And mm-hmm. we think, no, nobody's interested. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to hear it. But for all we know, the next door neighbour could be experiencing the same thing. And so you've done the right thing. You have to, you have to draw it out of your, out of your mind mm-hmm. and out of your heart, really, because it's been sitting in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so that must have been the instigator that that caused you to write the book was having that whirl around in, in your heart and your mind and thinking, how do I get mm-hmm. this out? Definitely. We all, I could tell you, nearly every woman will relate to Rose in some Mm. way. Mm. I feel that and the feedback we've got from it has been that. So I think it's a real, um, it's so important to bring this out to the world to really open up those conversations and to support people to break their silence because it's the silence that causes a oh, lot of dreadful. this pain, yeah, and keeping these secrets, yeah. I think it, um, well, in my experience of of promoting books like this, um, the woman that write them, including yourself, um, have said the release it's caused, and sometimes mm. with the release you get like a little bit of um, like a little bit of sickness that comes out of you as well. Like you might get the cold or flu or, or whatever, whatever happens, a migraine or a headache. And they've all said that something has been worrying them and then once they've released it. So did you have an experience like that, like the relief? Yes. Well, watching Rose go through it, I did. I did. I could relate to it very well and seeing her, the release. So she initially started writing to help her heal, to just process things. And it's so therapeutic um, when you write. And uh, it's extremely therapeutic, actually, because it's amazing how it puts puts your thoughts into perspective and it makes you, it helps you to start thinking clearly as well. 
And watching Rose go through that was incredible. And I knew that this was something that we had to do Mm. because, you know, with Rose, she was and her family were holding on to a deep, dark secret um, or several secrets that was causing immense pain. And when you understand how secrets work, Mm -hmm. you can see um, how it impacts mental health. So when people, like we all have secrets, we've, you know, we can have an innocent holiday romance, um, a secret with a best friend back at school. Definitely. Yep, things that we did. And it's not so much carrying the secret that is harmful. It's um, those painful secrets that we carry that can be so harmful mm. and it's it's not so much carrying them but it's how much your mind wanders to them mm. so the more your want, mind wanders to it that can cause rumination <coughs> that's right and then rumination can spiral into hopelessness so it's that hopelessness that brings about or really is the seed for depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. Definitely, so that, I agree there. That was the motivation behind it for myself and for the whole Meg Hart team. You know, we've got key people, Martina, Martina Sheehan, she's incredible. She's a ghostwriter, so she joined the team and really um, believes and in what Meg Hart's doing. So, mm. yeah, so it was yeah. a great journey. I found that one thing I did find, this is just me being a a book, doing book reviews. Excuse me. You don't often find uh, like it under the the author's name. I only just found out by looking at the book and thinking, where's the author's name? Because it was under, it seemed to to me it was written by Meg Hart and she's your ghostwriter, isn't she? Now -hmm. explain what people ask me what a ghostwriter is. And in my mind, I don't know why, I always see this little ghost writing away in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) But um, explain to your audience what a ghostwriter is and what a ghostwriter can do for you. So a ghostwriter basically writes, can write your story or write your book. And a ghostwriter is a professional writer who... um, often does it for a living and can basically write your book so it's under your name mm-hmm. so it's still under your name that's mm-hmm. traditionally what happens however with Meg Hart it's so ironic that it's the ghostwriter who is named which is you know Meg Hart or the team of Meg Hart including mm-hmm. Martina Sheehan and it's the actual author who remains silent. Yes. So and is protected. Yes. Now I think for your audience to understand, maybe I should explain how this occurred. Yes, please. So so obviously Rose had a story to tell, and we at Meg Hart really supported her and believed in that story to get out to the world as well mm-hmm. to help others. So we went through the journey over 12 months um, supporting her to write and Mm -hmm. facilitating that. And then along that journey we got legal advice Mm -hmm. and the legal advice was because of the laws in Australia, Mm -hmm. Rose was forbidden to um, tell her full story. There were parts in the story that she could not tell. Yep. And... I don't want to get into the political reasons, but the the thing here is that she had three choices. She could have just stayed silent. She could have written a lesser story, taken some of those events out that she can't speak exactly. about. Mm. Or she could have told it in a new way. And that's, that's right. where she found yes. Meg Hart. We created Meg Hart and that's what we're doing. Beautiful. So the author remains silent and we're still mm. able to get these important stories out into the world okay. to help people and ignite 
those conversations that we need to have. Now, the um, at the back of the book, I see a lot of um, contact addresses. So if there's anybody out there that wanted to uh, write their book about whatever's happened in their life and remain the silent author, it, you're saying that it would be wiser to contact someone like Meg Hart and yeah. go through that, that avenue. Definitely. So people can yeah. contact us through um, meghart.com. Yep. There's a contact form on there to reach out yes. to. Yes, I so, see that. Yes, yeah, so they can definitely do that. They can also follow us on this on social media, on Instagram, yes. yeah. Facebook as well, or contact us through yeah. that avenue as well. So to, to the listeners out there, look, anyone listening, the book is riveting. Um, it's It'll break your heart. And towards the end, you see a glowing of hope. I was totally blown away by the honesty in the book because although you obeyed the law you still told the honest Mm -hmm. um the honest story that literally must have you know when when I wrote my own bio um I couldn't stop crying I thought oh I'd forgotten that it happened and you know and it all, all started coming out again and I found that um just as you found uh Lee that to tell a true and honest story uh, it make, makes you awake, awaken to the fact that so many other people are sharing a story in their lives as well. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, um, well, it's it's a good thing you've done that, to put the contacts at the back of the book. So yeah. the name of the book, Carbon Under Pressure, now that, when, I, when, when your <laughs> publisher gave me the book, I immediately, I, connect, I connected with the diamond and the flowers. I wish I had the book in my hand to show it to show because... Oh. Yeah. Oh, have you got it? Oh, great. Yeah, beautiful. And um, so the we can see the diamond with the flowers, and it's so appropriate. The um, yeah, it's amazing. And there's some thorns in there too. Yeah, there is. <laughs> <laughs> As we all have in our lives. Yeah. So yes. carbon under pressure. Where? Tell me. It, it's such a cover that attracts your attention. Now, when you go into a library, the first thing a person will look at is the cover. That's the first mm. thing. Even, even an experienced author like myself will go in and I'll think, oh, the cover's great. That's why we always attract people to our cover mm. first. And then they read the blurb on the back. So where did mm. your cover originate? Well, the great Karen, my publisher, <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. And she knew what we wanted to achieve and that um, the reason behind the title Carbon Under Pressure and you find out towards the end, at the very end of the book, um, where, so I won't spoil it for anyone, but the, her, one of her um, staff, her artists came up with this and it was fantastic. So we toyed with it uh, for a little bit, and I love the flowers, but we got the thorns inserted in there as well because we wanted to um, really depict what the story was about. So, <laughs> the smile on your face while you're holding that book is amazing. I wish we were on I'm TV. <laughs> so, oh, I'm so excited. This is just means so much. So yes. much to Rose, yes. to me, to Martina, um, and yeah, I'm sure it will mean so much to others as well. Okay, so the the creative style of writing your book. I mean, it's your first book. So, how were you guided through your creative style of writing the book? Well, that's very interesting. So, basically, what Rose did was wrote from the heart and got it all down on paper. So I don't know, many authors would have different ways of um, writing or or how they go about it. But this way, Rose went through and just, I called it purging. That's (laughs) the correct word. (laughs) Yeah, she she just got it out on paper and just kept writing and writing. And she was so committed. Like some morning she'd be up at three in the morning writing. Mm. Yep. And when you write, especially like Rose did, she wrote from the heart. 
And that's a really important thing. And it really comes across clearly in the book because it's very raw and real. And mm. so you can see that she wrote from the heart. And that was really important. But in doing so, it really helped her heal because, you know, she went back to those really difficult, traumatic times mm. and wrote so openly about them. And it was great to see the transformation in her releasing and letting go mm. of those events, of um, all those feelings attached to that event. So it was really, yeah, it was really, really good to watch. And then what happened was Martina, she's a, a best-selling author in her own right as well. So she was amazing, incredible guiding Rose through it and myself in crafting um, how we laid it out, So, which was really good. Yeah, it's, it's very hard unless you're a professional author whether it's your first book, it's really hard to know what comes first, what comes last, what goes mm. in the middle. So, yeah, the, the book is beautifully written. It really is. And, and you've had amazing help. But it still comes out like your story. Nothing's mm. Nothing's been twiddled too much. You know, you can no. see that in the book. It's your story. No. It's just an amazing book. Yeah. And Rose had total control. Like yeah. it was what she wanted. And the interesting thing is Rose wrote, about four times the amount of words that are in the book, probably even more. But it was, you know, just taking bits out and, you know, rearranging things. So yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's that's normal. You know, when you when you have a good, uh, the thing that breaks my heart about when, like, I have an editor, and she's one of my favourite people, and, and she lives over the east of Australia, and um. Yeah, so I sent her my book. And then, you know, when she says, your book is ready, I get a little ting, your book is ready. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> What's she done to it? You know, and it's like um, there's, there's an advert on Facebook that shows a, an, an author getting an editor's review. And you can see and it's just the same thing. We all cringe and we all think, yeah. what has she done to the book? You know, yeah. and so we go through it. And I must admit, um, my editor and I, we, she's gotten to know me, and that is so important that your mm -hmm. team actually knows who you are and what you want to do. Mm -hmm. That's so important. So we get on well. One day I'll have a cup of tea with a woman, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, she goes, like she makes little highlights. Now she's learned that, you know, I'm, I'm just about under the desk cringing, thinking what has she done to my book? <laughs> oh. Yeah, but, oh, you know, um, she doesn't do anything horrible, that's for sure. Like she she no. says, my apologies, but this needs to yeah. be attended to. Um, mm -hmm. And she's absolutely, I have to take note. I mean, I'm not a professional editor. Ever, I mean, as you would have, as you would have seen, um, as you you write from the heart, so your, your fingers are going flat out over the keyboard. Did you experience and you that? you don't you worry about, I mean, that's what the editor's <laughs> job is. It's like, yeah, don't, yeah. don't worry about that. Just keep going while you're getting yeah. it out of your head and your heart. Just keep going. Yeah, I find my punctuation goes out the window. Just goes Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And when I send it to her, I, I actually think, oh, my, she must have gone a right twit this morning. There's no full stop. There's a comma in all the wrong places. The punctuation is yeah. shocking. But, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not the editor, and I take pride yeah. in saying there's my book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what so, their yeah. job is. So you just get it out, and then they fix it all up. Yeah, so they there do. was a lot of toing and froing. Of course yeah. there is. Yeah. So, there has to be. There has yeah. to be a communication between you mm -hmm. and your um your editor or your team you've got with you mm -hmm. for the book to shine and it does shine. That you've all done mm -hmm. a beautiful job. Mm -hmm. You really have. And another thing I think for authors to understand when you write, I mean you don't worry about it. It's in the process that the editors do. But when you're writing a book for a global audience. Um, that was great that the editor would pick up things like, you know, in Australia it's triple zero when you call yes. yeah. for an emergency. Um, so, you know, that needed to be changed to emergency number. Yeah. And things like that. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Mm, while you're writing, 
don't worry about. But there were quite a lot of things that were picked up that our editor, she was amazing. She yep. um, picked up and changed it. Mm. So, mm. And then there's your um your proof, your proofer. And and yeah. I love I love how they they cross the T's and they dot the I's. They really do. So, you know, you've got an editor working for you within your team, Meg Hart, mm. and then you would have had the proofer come in and say, you know, we can do it. And then there's see, I just didn't realize, I mean, I just get I just get the editor and then she said we work between us as you would have done mm-hmm. and then I send it off to my publisher because it's been edited and that's the part I pay mm-hmm. for so um and then you don't realize the mess of the team that goes into action then with your book mm-hmm. your book is handled about five times you mm-hmm. just don't realize you know there's copy print there's, there's everything that goes into it I mean anyone that, that's listening to us that is a publisher we're just sitting there nodding and saying thank you because yeah. it's it you know, they, people say to me, gosh, look what it costs to get a book out. But they don't realise the amount of work that goes into it. Oh. Yeah. And no, you as the writer don't get paid. Yeah. No. No, you don't. get paid. So there's so much work goes into it and you really have to have a passion for it to do it because oh, otherwise yes. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. So, and... No. Yeah, it's funny when you said um, the proofing and that. I think what was interesting for me was the layout going yes. through. Yes. The layout as well. Yes. There's yes. so many things. I know. To think about. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people go, oh, I just write the book. Or even myself, I was like, oh, the hardest part's done. You know, we've got it all. Now it just you know, goes off to Karen for editing and proofing and layout. And but there's still a lot of work. Oh yes. Yeah. To be done. And then to not to mention marketing. Oh yeah, that comes into yeah. it too. Yeah. And there's people that um like myself, I do I do a lot of PR work for different authors and mm-hmm. you know, and your book was just so beautiful. I could not when Karen gave it to me, she said, Would you like to work with us? I said, I'd love to. Not realizing the enormity or the passion in the book because the cover just attracted me straight away. Okay. Um and so but I do have to read. I have to read mm-hmm. a book before I can promote it. And I do a lot of speed reading. Mm-hmm. But with your book, it was so well written. I actually found myself going to bed, and I don't normally do this, Lee, I Mm. don't, that's honest. Four nights it took me to get through your book. Now, normally it takes me four hours speed reading, and I make notes. Um, You know, I'll come across something really interesting, make a note, circle it, you know, colour it in. So I've got something to talk about and a promotion. Mm. Your book took me four nights, and I read it word for word because it was oh, so wow. close to my heart as well so I thought this woman is is written such a passionate story and you know and I it, it's a true it's a real it's heartfelt mm. and that's what comes across in the book for you it's beautifully written mm. Mm. yeah oh thank you it's interesting because we had um I managed had the opportunity to um send the art the advanced reader copy to um the well, I th- I think he's great, Dr. Chris Cantor. He's a retired psychiatrist, well known uh-huh. in Australia for all of his work with PTSD and suicide. Yeah. He's retired now, but he said to me, he read the book and he said, often as being a psychiatrist, a lot of friends and colleagues will say to him, you know, here's a book, here's a movie on mental health or suicide or some kind of trauma you need to read it and or you need to watch it and often he if he does he sits there and goes it's just sensationalized or drama it's not real Mm. and he said when he read my book it touched him so much because as a psychiatrist it came across real wow it was real and the other thing he's amazing He's a published author as well. So and yes. his feedback was that it was written very well. Yeah. Well. Mm. So, well, well, that's that's such a big tick for you, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it must thing. have made you feel very, very special to have that sort of voice come through to you and say, well, oh. it's perfect. Yeah. Definitely, especially someone like Dr. Chris Cantor. So. Uh, 
It was really good. Yes, I agree. I'm, I'm not familiar with that name, but, you know, I have had um, with one of my books, it was close to the bone, uh, but it wasn't my story. It was another person's story that had asked me, and I wasn't ghostwriting. This person had passed on. But when I passed it before a counsellor, she said, that's too raw. And I thought, what do you mean too raw? Yeah, but I actually got it, you know, and your book I felt was, it, it, it actually made, um, gave me the shivers because it was so honest, you know. And, you know, I don't want to give some of the book away, but, you know, for you to find, for that person to find out all about Rose, how it was happening, what a shock to the system. Mm. Absolute shock to the system. It is, it is, and that's the thing is what happened to her was just shocking. And she even mentions it that, you know, this kind of stuff doesn't even happen in movies. Like, it's crazy, but it does happen. I think it and does. I think it does happen, but it's but it's glamorised. Mm, okay, it and so your story wasn't, it didn't have any glamour, didn't have any glitter mm. about it, it was like, blur here we are this is the book and it was, you know when you go to the movies it's all it's a different feel mm. but I, I, I will tell you it would make a fabulous movie too yes so many people have said so yeah said that it would make a fabulous movie and oh I've, I've got visions already mm. so. see the thing about um your book um and being in the public eye is we can actually read it and feel it. And this is what books are all about me. We read it and we feel it. Whereas you go to the movies, you have a bucket of popcorn, and you go shopping two hours later and the, yeah. went to the movies, had a wonderful time with a mate, had a cup of coffee. Um, and, and it's got to be a really powerful movie to really affect yeah. you. Um, but that's normal, isn't it? We go out we go out, and we yeah. have a bucket of popcorn or a Kit Kat or whatever, a piece of chocolate. We have a yeah. coffee. You might go out for dinner afterwards with our partners and our husbands, whatever. But when you yeah. read something as powerful as what you've written, it stays with you. I had to go back a couple of pages and really make sure I'd read correctly because I thought, mm. I haven't read that right. That couldn't have happened without someone knowing about it, but it did. Mm. And the way you wrote it, um, it, there was nothing hidden. And right. I really appreciated that in the book. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a very good storyteller. Oh, thank you. The wonderful thing is Rose's story, um, She, it's from her point of view. Yes, yeah. Which yeah. is, yeah, really, really important. Mm. Yeah, well, when it comes to the um, the law, I always say to anyone that says mm-hmm. to me and wants me to mentor them, you know, change mm-hmm. dates, times, places and names and don't put anything in there that is, is real with mm. that scenario, dates, times, anyone mm. that connects, connects the truth, mm. get rid of it. Um, and then yeah. you might, we might be able to look at it, but until you've done that, mm. I can't even read it. So, um, no. yeah. It's, there is one thing that we did leave in there. Was we left in Jeff Kennett. So he gave his permission for his real name to be used uh-huh. in the book. So... Most people in Australia would know it, know who he is, but for your listeners in the US, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Kennett is a was a former premier of yes. Victoria. Yes. Um, he's been incredible in well within the AFL, mm-hmm. but also he founded Beyond Blue, which is oh, right. Yes, so massive our massive. Um, mental health organization I think yes. I don't know if, uh, it was the first but it was you know they've done so much incredible work mm. so he founded that and did a lot of work in it mm. and he was so touched by Rose's plea I won't give mm. too much away Rose mm. had pleaded with several people and he was one of them that was so touched by it and mm-hmm. basically was night in shining armor wow that's wonderful um just you know to him it was probably nothing big but to rose and her family my god of course of course it was huge yeah 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 i see tony's back online could you hold the cover of your book up again i don't think tony's seen the cover of your book (gasps) 
Oh, so wow. It. And then you can go in and see the diamond with the flowers. Yeah. And there's also thorns in there. Oh, that's so beautiful. Isn't it? I I've actually... I know. I've been listening to you girls chatting um, while I caught up on a few um, urgent matters and I've been listening to you talking and I have to say, Lee, um, and Kez knows this too, I wrote a very real, raw and honest book and the family fallout has been diabolical, let Mm. me just say. And... uh, we need to tell these stories. Yes. We need, as women in particular, to be acknowledged for our truth and mm. our truth-telling. And I can't wait for the day when women are allowed to tell their truth in its entirety mm. without retribution and yeah. um and and pushback and Kez and I have had lots of frank and open conversations about um what it means to write your own real raw story and mm. the issue is that in your healing you've in most cases surpassed the healing and the level of understanding of those people around you and you have to remember that you're not responsible for their understanding or their healing. You're only Mm. responsible for the telling of the story from your Mm. perspective of truth. And that was very hard for me to grasp, and Kez was instrumental in helping me understand that the story itself is important and that you're not responsible for people's reactions to it you are not responsible for their um um, unhealed trauma you're not you're only responsible for yourself and of course rose would have had to have gotten to a certain point to be able to tell that story you have Mm -hmm. to get to a certain point of healing and understanding before you can start to share it with anyone and that's hard work that's hard one healing and it's and we should be applauding it we should be you know and referring back to um jeff kennett and his work with beyond blue he would know and understand that beneath many many uh episodes of of depression and anxiety sits a traumatic event from childhood or early life and so he would understand absolutely the importance of telling the story and also the courage it takes to tell those stories Mm. it is truly an emotional physical Mm. hard work it's hard work and um i i'm so grateful that you've come on the show today to tell us about this process because we must tell these stories we must make it so that everybody understands the circumstances that these things happen in and that the victim should never ever be blamed never ever 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 be blamed because it's, it's not their fault no, and that's where it, um, when you look at it as a person who's healed and or has seen people here heal as well, yes. it is so unfairly placed. The shame Absolutely. always is placed with the victim. And I get yes. so, I'm so passionate about this. Guilt. Absolutely. Regret and shame are always placed with the victim yes and, and it's not, not okay no child it's not okay no child deserves to be abused no woman deserves no. to be abused by her partner no employee deserves to be bullied Correct. by their leader no one deserves treatment inhumane treatment that's right and it, the shame should be placed with the perpetrator 
Well Absolutely. Um, <laughs> interesting. We are very passionate. Uh, well, <laughs> you can see. You, I was Sorry. just going to say, you've probably got three. Don't ever apologize for passionate belief in what is right. Um, in the background, I've been listening to a book called um, Finding Your Inner Mother. Um, and I've been re-listening to some of the nuggets of pure wisdom. The book's by Bethany Webster. And the reason I mention it now is because she links patriarchy to uh, the wounds caused by women and passed down by mothers and how they interrelate to trauma, how they re, how they are connected to intergenerational trauma, and from my perspective, um, since I I wrote my book, I've just come to understand so much more in the process. So I thought that I'd learnt a lot to get to the point of reading the book, but the learning and, and understanding has continued on and on and on. And in listening to her book, I'm able to see patriarchy in women and in particular women who blame victims or suggest that they shouldn't have been wearing something or drinking or in such such and such a place that's not okay we as women have fundamental rights to do what we to live our lives essentially and we should never be subjected to attacks of any sort that's no, no longer okay and mm-hmm. and i think that for women we need people like you lee telling those stories until the world is saturated with an understanding that this is never the woman's fault the blame lies solely with the perpetrator Jane. it doesn't matter what you do what you wear where you are it is never their fault and we have a Mm -hmm. rhetoric of victim blaming we've seen it across the political sphere in australia and if you've been if if either of you girls have been tapping into grace tame's commentary Mm. across social media Mm. she's very powerfully coming out in support of victims and trying to stop victim shaming and Mm -hmm. educating people on what these uh what these crimes look like they are done in secret. They are done in ways which would stop the victim talking and which would stop other people knowing. These things mm. are done in secret. Until we bring them into the open, they will continue to cause pain and suffering for sure. men, women and children mm. across the planet. So, Lee, I can't be in greater awe and support of what you're doing. And for mm. anyone listening to the show today... Please connect with Lee and the team. If you've got a really tough story that you believe the world needs to hear, connect with Lee. And for that matter, connect with Kez. If you've got a difficult story to tell and you just don't know where to start, you want to write that book, Kez can help you with the um, coaching around that and then Lee can help you get that book out. Because truly, we need to keep telling these stories. It's of mm. absolute importance. We, I don't want to see the next generation of women and children be subject to crimes like they are now. And it keeps happening. You know, it keeps mm. happening. We need to live in a society where it's so uncomfortable for a perpetrator to uh, do the things that they do that they are caused to think seriously about doing anything that's wrong. That's a society that we need to live in. The the mm. resounding um, noise from people saying this is not okay needs to be so loud that it mm. stops them in their tracks and they it's go, because they're gutless at the end of the day. And uh, so yeah. if we make a loud enough mm. noise, that's going to stop them in their tracks, mm. one would hope. Yeah. I think your book, your book is, is well on the road to doing that, Lee. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much, Tony. I think the big thing with Meg Hart is there's three things that Meg Hart focuses on. It's like supporting Mm. someone to break their silence to heal. But then the next one is supporting them to and and giving them a platform to share their story to heal others. But then the third one is 
if we don't tell these real and raw stories, how are we going to learn and promote change? So Absolutely. And that's what we, that's what Meg Hart is about, is about bringing these stories to the world so we can start promoting change because I'll be damned if I'm going to leave this earth a worse off place, you know, worse than what it already is now. Too many, you know, nearly a billion people worldwide are suffering, Mm. you know, mental health illness. You know, that was on the website recently. Absolutely. You know. We Mm. need to do this. And then if we go one step further, my personal and Meg Hart's, but my vision is imagine if we created a culture where every child (laughs) is raised in an environment where they are encouraged to speak from their heart. They are encouraged to talk. Absolutely. And imagine that every adult, as they grow in, is supported. And then imagine how much lesser our mental health illness is lower. And the cost to society of those Mm -hmm. things. So I don't know if people understand one episode of trauma in one human's life takes a lifetime to heal. Mm. And if we and stop it, these things in at the beginning, yeah. then that th- th- that just has humanity wide effects, doesn't yeah. it? Lee? That's right. Yeah. Yes. So it also reduces the risk of trauma. I'm not going to say it'll stop trauma because it won't. It, but yes, that's right. People are empowered to speak out as soon mm-hmm. as they're empowered to speak out, and they know they can speak out without fear then they will be supported, you know. We need to support people who have the courage to speak out. And it does take courage. It's not something you Mm. do. It's not something that you do lightheartedly. It takes real strong conviction that your story needs to be heard and that takes courage and don't and no one listening should ever think that these stories are written um, as a, a money-making exercise mm. or as a point of blame because they are not. It's no. about giving voice to your trauma so that it ceases to have power over your life. And the fundamental core around trauma and trauma healing is being listened to. Someone mm. saying, oh, my God, this is terrible. It's being heard. It's being validated. Those are the cause to the start of trauma healing. Mm -hmm. And if you're not listened to in that first instance, then statistically uh, your chances of recovering fully are limited. So just imagine that, people. If you are, if someone discloses to you of any level of trauma crime and you Mm. don't listen to them, you're diminishing their chances of ever healing properly. Mm -hmm. I want people to understand that the most important thing you can do is listen and validate their truth and story. And that's what Lee is going to do. Mm-hmm. Thank yes. you so much, Tony. I think that was a really good point to make what Meg Hart is about. It's not yeah. the whole basis of Meg Hart is to bring these stories out. It's not about, you know, pointing the finger, blaming, retribution or anything like that. It's if not. If it was, we would somehow work out a way to name those people, you know. Yeah. You know, like... To Rose, her story yes. m- meant far more, you know, getting that out to the world than it does for her to be named. Mm, yeah. she Correct. She doesn't need to be named. No. Because yeah. the, the power is in her real story. Story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. Mm. It's an amazing and story. And again, and... 
And I know too that for me, lots of people said, oh my God, that was a tough story to read. Well, guys, trauma is tough. That's right. And you need to understand just how tough it is. And it's not for the faint-hearted to get through and walk to the other side. And if they're telling their story, it's going to be a damn tough story to read. But you need to read them. You need Mm. to understand what trauma does in people's lives, how it affects the relationships in and around them, and how it affects their thinking for a lifetime. Mm. And yes, you can heal. And those instances where the perpetrator gets a slap on the wrist or a four-month jail time gives no inkling, absolutely gives Mm. no inkling to the depth of recovery that the victim will have. And that's another another, uh, story for another time is our judicial system and how pathetic it truly is in relation mm. to trauma and victims. Completely yeah, it's pathetic. Not a it is better. It's better now than what it was 30 oh, years ago. Though. But it's, it's much better now. It's still not good, is it? It's no. still not good. No. Yeah. And the book, Lee, you um, see uh, that in the book. Absolutely. Um, and I think, too, that related to those stories of trauma is we need to continue to tell those stories around what happens in the judicial system because people that go, oh, she's just she's just doing it for money or she, or she just wants attention. If you go through the judicial system, there's oh. no way you will survive if it's about yeah. money mm. or attention because yeah. it will eat you up spit you out and destroy you there has Mm. to be a truth to your story that gets you through that process lovely ladies um what an amazing conversation to have today um kez thank you for taking most of the show on my behalf i'm very appreciative today lee i I can only just applaud the work of meg hart and encourage those listening today who have a difficult story to connect with you when this um of course the links are in the live chat for everyone listening live. If you're listening to this um, post-show, the links will be attached to any of the places where you view this content. Lee Hurl, Meg Hart, thank you so much for being on the show today. Kez Wickham St. George, my gorgeous co-host, thank you for co-hosting the show this week. Um, We will be back next week with another show. Lee, thank you so much. That's your lot for this week. Thank you so much, Tony. And Kez, thank you. Bye, gorgeous ladies. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.